Welcome back to the JW Nixon High School Class of 1992 podcast. I'm Missy Barrientos. This week, we have another guest host. You heard from Max Salazar in the lab assistant episode, and he's volunteered to interview fellow classmates. In this episode, Max asked Sara Melendez, a.k.a. Sensational Sarah, what she's been up to in the past 30 years, and she tells us all about her rivalry with a certain desperate housewife. Yeah, so my name is Sarah without the H, it's S-A-R-A. And I am a national government spokeswoman. Um, I work for U.S. Customs and Border Protection as a public affairs officer. So I am in public service. Oh, wonderful. And I have to point out because I believe now I'm not the only person who speaks without a Laredo accent. (laughs) You're like Sarah. And I, I say Salazar, so I, I'm not like Salazar everywhere I go. It's like Salazar. But anyway, so if we can, let's go back to high school. What were you like as a teenager? Wow. So I think I was very determined back as a teenager. I really had a lot of goals and ambitions. Like I knew what I wanted to do. I always had a little notebook. I don't know if I have one. Oh, here it is. So I still carry one. Um, so I always had a little notebook in school, like a journal. Um, so I think I, in my mind, I always would write down all these goals that I wanted to do in life. And it was kind of like a, you know, a life plan, if you call it. So I think so that's did you actually it. meet them? Did you meet these goals though? Yeah, I did. I, I'm very fortunate enough that I followed through with my life plan and I, I was very determined to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And so what do you think though your classmates thought of you though? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know that I always wondered. Um, I'm a very, uh, I like to absorb people and I like to see what they're thinking, you know, Uh, I people watch a lot and I am thinking that they probably thought I was very quiet or reserved or um, I was always that one girl. I wanted to be friends with everyone. I didn't care what club you belong to. I just wanted to be your friend. So, and I was going to say, because I remember you being really nice and bubbly, really nice to me. I, most people that were kind of outside of the group, my group were not. So, but I remember you being really nice and I have this memory and like <laughs> thinking I am totally crazy, but I could swear our senior year, you, you, you came up to me and you had like a thing of cookies and you said, here, I made these for you. I, I might be, am I wrong? Or? No, no, no. Yeah. I remember that. So yeah, I honestly, Max, like I always wanted to talk to everyone and I always wanted to talk to you, but I always thought that people thought different of me. Like maybe she's very like standoffish. She doesn't want to talk to me. So I always made that one effort, whether it was like that, like taking somebody cookies or making somebody a note card. Um, I always wanted them to know that I was here if they needed anything, you know, that was oh, me. That's good. That's, that's actually really cool. Yeah, I, I don't remember seeing you as standoffish. I think I was just <laughs> never really around you that much. Yeah. Um, I know. Yeah. Who was, you know, who were your group of friends? Who did you hang out with? Uh, La Ganga. I have to say, I think I'm legally obligated to say La Ganga. And who was your best friend? I think in high school, I really um, 
I was really with Terry, uh, Terry Gloria. I, I kind of stayed with people that were part of my um, extracurricular activities, if you could say. Um, Annie Garcia was another one. Um, uh, Nina Garcia, uh, may she rest in peace. Uh, Lulu Gonzalez. Um, and then I also was friends with people from class of 93. So like Patsy Castro, uh, I think her, her last name was Garcia at the time too, uh, and Darlene, I was friends with them. But uh, for the most part, I really um, would go to Terry's house a lot. So that's who I mostly hang out with. So in case people don't remember, Patsy is Gabe's younger sister. And I know that because he used to give me a ride in middle school, so I knew who she uh. was. And I never hung out with her, but my best friend outside of high school did. So it was kind of like I had this intermediary friend, completely different school, and they knew each other. So I, I, I know who Patty is. Yeah. Um, I, did you have any special hangouts or like, is there a favorite place you, know, you and your friends like to go to? Mall? Yeah, or just I mean, house or ranch? I don't know who has a ranch. <laughs> okay. So honestly, in, in high school, um, if I wasn't at Terry's house, she had this very unique home on Meadow Street. A lot of people knew about it, but it was a flower shop. And it was like a two-story uh, flower shop and they used to sell monuments. Um, so a lot of people thought it was a very unique home. So I used to hang out there and I used to help her out with the flower shop. But if I wasn't there, um, I really, a lot of people didn't know this, but I started in radio when I was a freshman. I was very young. I kept it to myself. It was this private thing that I would do. And it was one of my life plans was to be an on-air personality. And um, if I wasn't in high school, like at school, I would be at the radio station trying to learn um, how to be a DJ, how to um, learn how to put a record on because back then we had records. We had the little records and then, you know, uh, the big ones too. So it's like, I had to learn that and I had to learn how to mix and I didn't know how to do that. And so a lot of my free time was uh, being at the radio station. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> I do have memories of that, but I think you were on the air by then. And then we were like, what? Oh my God. Like we know somebody who's on the radio. You know, for like the people who, I don't know who from not our class wants to listen to this, but radio was like the thing. If you're on the radio, you're like, oh my God, you made it, you made it to radio. Um, I think you're one of the few people that knew though, because in my head, I thought nobody knew. So, you know. No, no, no. I think we all did. We just didn't want to bug the celebrity, right? We're just like, oh, leave her alone. Like, <laughs> no. Maybe that's why you thought we were, we might've, you might've thought you, that you were standoffish and then that wasn't the case. No. So I, I think I know the answer to this if I had to guess, yeah. um, but were, did you ever play hooky? <laughs> I never did. I had very strict parents and I, knew I was it. honestly like too busy. I was, I put myself in a lot of activities and clubs and um, I had this one goal was just to really succeed in radio. And that was my focus. And at the time, the owners of the radio station were, you're 15 years old, we can't technically hire you, but we can teach you. We can teach you the craft if you get it. Then when you turn 16, which was going to be my sophomore year, uh, we can officially give you a title, we can give you a name, you can get a license. So I was so excited. So that was my main focus. Though, yeah, I would never skip school. 
Yeah. So I, aside from that, I mean, I know you were in the cheerleading squad, but were there any other organizations or is that kind of it that you were involved in? Um, no, club wise, I think I try to get myself into everything, every social club that was available to me, but I was in the video club. I loved taking um, video and documenting it. So I joined the video club. I love to sing. So I joined choir and then I got into basketball. I loved basketball. So I got into basketball and then track, but in reality, all my friends were trying out for Spurs. And so I ended up trying out for Golden Spur and I, I, I made it. So I was, a, I was a Spur for a while. And then my senior year, I wanted to go into cheerleading, but I didn't know how or what way. But one of the things that really stood out to me was the school mascot. So I would see the mascot from from my senior, from my junior year to my senior year. And so I really wanted to do that. So I tried out and, and I became the school mascot for my senior year. That That's a lot a of courageous. Yeah. And that <laughs> is, I'm sure. But I mean, yeah. you have to be pretty courageous and, and I imagine like really good physical shape because those things are hot. It was hot. <laughs> we had back then we had the one that was like made out of a pinata head. So it was oh really hot God. in there. Yeah. I like the fact that it was our body, right, for the uniform, but the head was really heavy and hot in there. But it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. If you say so. <laughs> no, but a lot of mad respect for you doing that. No, <laughs> I, I am heat intolerant. Um, yeah. No joke. You know, a typical day for you back then. I mean, aside, I mean, obviously you were doing a lot of after school stuff, but um, anything that you haven't mentioned? Um, no, for the most part, it was just really busy. I mean, I would attend practices. I would go to club meetings. Um, then I would check my schedule at the radio station, see what I had going on. Um, but for the most part, on Friday nights was my night. It was what I called Friday Night Lights, right? That's where the, the show came out of. Mm -hmm. I would tell the radio station like, hey, I can't be involved in anything because, you know, we were in whether it was Spurs or cheerleading. That was my time to be at the games. But then, um, then comes the weekend. And of course, the weekend back then was for radio. And um, I used to check my schedule. And it was either, if you remember, that was the time we used to go across. It was, you know, it was okay to go across. And that was the thing. It was either Forensies or Revance. But for the most part, I always had a DJ gig. Like I, my friends knew that they knew I was going to end up across. So they would Hey, Sarah, what are we doing? Are you, do you have that DJ gig? I say, yeah. And they would, that's where the term came. I'm with the DJ because they would end up coming with me. They would come in to the club and then we'd end up having a good time and then coming back home. So yeah, wow. that was a typical day for me or weekend or day. That's cool. You see, I, I uh, never went across you know, <laughs> you to go party until I was like 20, 21. So I was pretty pathetic. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sad. <laughs> Any, you know, is there any memory that in particular stands out that you're, that you're fond of, uh, you know, during your time in high school? No, just really Friday nights was really the night uh, for us. I, we really loved um, when it was already Friday and, you know, hanging out with, uh, with my friends um, during school, during school days. We used to love to hang out at the wall. Obviously, that was our hangout. 
-hmm. just see just people watch you know just sitting there people watching getting to talk to everyone before class and um you know by the time I became a sophomore junior my dad had bought me a car so we'd end up going to Bartlett going down cruising and that was so much fun I mean it was the little things you know hey we have an hour to kill where are we going (laughs) Let's go to the store on the car, you know. So I remember Terry had this uh, this van. Uh, we used to call it the combi, um, you know, like the Volkswagen vans. Um, mm-hmm. And we used to all get in there and just go cruising for a little bit. I, I think it was blue. I think it was blue. And we used to all go in there. And we used to just go down, you know, Bartlett. And I forget the other street now. Um, but yeah, it was that, that was our little fun thing to do. Yeah, and I won't be able to help you with names of streets anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. But so, I mean, obviously you were really busy. You, you're, you know, Golden Spur, you're in the cheer squad, you had your radio job. I mean, obviously it took up a lot of time. Did that make you feel like you regret it, not doing a, partic- a particular thing that you could have had you not done those or been a part of those activities? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I never, I never really had that one experience where people said I had a high school sweetheart or the dating. I really didn't have time to date um, in high school. Uh, I always wanted to. I did end up having one, one person. And of course, he broke my heart. But Um, there wasn't much dating for that. I just, uh, you know, I just wanted to focus on things that I knew were going to, I don't know, be beneficial in the long run. Um, and I just kind of just worked too much, I think. And, you know, I think that was a little regret of mine was working way too much during my high school years. Yeah, I wouldn't know anything about work in high school. So <laughs> I mad respect again for that. Wow. And it, it's, it's an amazing thing. I, I remember as a freshman, I was in high school ROTC and there's a, a young woman there, she was a senior and she always looked really tired. And I went up like, hey, what's going on? And she's like, well, you know, it's just that I have to help support my family and I have to work, you know, part-time. So she would get out of school, go to work, you know, and then get home really late, do her homework. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. I can't imagine doing that. I think mine was mostly more for, um, to learn and, you know, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a fun job, obviously, but yeah, it was hard. It was hard to do. It was hard to balance everything. Yeah, sure. So mm-hmm. just switching gears a little bit, I, I don't know. I kind of didn't, I saw everyone the same, but is there anyone you thought or a group of kids you thought were like the cool kids? Um, honestly, you know, going back to what we talked about with trying to be everyone's friend, I would see as everyone in school as being cool. Like I, like I would see you, Max, and I'd be like, oh gosh, that guy's really cool. Uh, <laughs> I get to know him, but the opportunity was never really there. And then I would see another group of friends, like the RTC people. I'd be like, man, what they do is so cool. I wish I, I had that ability to do that. And then I would see the drama students and I thought drama was extremely cool. Um, so, you know, and then you see the band, the guys playing, you know, and the drummers and I thought, gosh, that's great. And then I would see cheerleaders and the Spurs. So it was kind of like, um, no, just wanting to kind of hang out with everyone because everyone was just, they, they were really cool in their own right, you know. Well, we've spoken about like kind of like, you know, your friends and stuff. What about 
teacher? Is there a particular teacher that you looked up to or those influential in your life? Mm, you know, I, one teacher that really helped me out because I really struggled. Um, and I don't know if you know this, Max, but I used to look at you and I'd be like, how does he know so much? Like, I wish I knew that much because I couldn't grasp a lot of concepts. Like, I don't know what it was, but there were certain things that I could not understand. But I was always that one student that hate to raise their hand and ask the teacher. So I'd rather stay over and ask her privately. And Miss Lemos, a uh, math teacher at the time, she went above and beyond um, to help me out with math because I could not get it. And I would tell her, I cannot like not pass your class. Because obviously we were, you know, we had to pass our classes to be an extracurricular. So she helped me out so much. I could not understand algebra to save my life. <laughs> and um, yeah, she helped me out. Mr. Mendoza too helped me out. Um, I just, I think there was a lot of teachers. I can't remember all of their names, but um a lot of them helped me out throughout my my high school years. Yeah, that's good. I I kind of wish you'd come up to me. I probably would have ruined you though. I mean, I but I you know I dug it since I I mean I did. Me? What was that? You would have ruined me. Yeah, because I. So my wife says you think you know what you're doing when you're trying to teach. You don't because okay. you assume everybody can read your mind, and that is so true. I always assume people can read my mind. But I, I had this profound love for math. I've had it since I was maybe three, four years old. And so I, I would have told, I could have broken it down for you. I mean, I, I ran and aside from running, I, I did homework. I mean, I had nothing else to do. So I, I, I did problems for fun. Like, hey, let's do fractions today. Why not? Let's just do fractions. So yeah. I would have loved, I mean, I would have sat down with you for, for you know, several hours and just gone over it with you. That would have been um, great. That would have been great. <laughs> see, there was a connection we could have had. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I will say, because I did help out somebody once. Her name has been mentioned in one of the other interviews, so I won't give her name. But she asked me for help on, a, on Shakespeare. I think it was Hamlet. And she was oh, getting wow. ready to take her test. Uh -huh. And I kid you not. I went up to her after the test and asked her, hey, hey, how did it go? And she ghosted me. She just looked the other way and kept walking. I'm like, are you serious? Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's kind of weird, but shift gears again. Music. You're a DJ. <laughs> you're to a lot of music. Yeah. Uh, you kind of like focused on like the rock, you know, to, to go with the station you were at or were you like, really, I'm more of a Tejano kind of girl? No. So I was fortunate enough that the radio station that hired me was contemporary hit radio and a lot of the music was 80s music. It was our our generation music, which is 80s and 90s. And I obviously grew up learning. You had to learn every artist, every new artist that was coming out. So honestly, like music wise, I just love the 80s. And I still love the 80s. If you put me in a car, I'm going to tell you, put 80s on. But I also do love Post Malone. I love him. So. That was great. Yeah, he yeah, is. I, my wife turned me on to the weekend, so I'm a big weekend fan. Oh, nice. all the, but if you've never tried, there is some really good um, 60 psychedelic music, and there's stuff that I learned about the Beatles. I think oh, the song yeah. is called Tomorrow. Yeah. And it is just so freaky and so really good. I, 
absolutely enamored of 60s and 70s music. I mean, I do love 80s, 90s, care less about like, eh, whatever, right? Who cares? <laughs> so um, what about movies, books, TV shows? I mean, what, what were you into? So I was into... Um... Books wise, I love John Grisham. I loved all of his books. I wow. had uh, in my in my mind, I said, if I don't succeed in communications, I'm gonna end up being a lawyer. But um, yeah, I don't really like to argue with people, <laughs> so I was like, I'm not gonna be one of those. So now I ended up reading his books. I love them. Uh, the Pelican Brief, The Runaway Jury. Like I love those. But for shows, I love Mario Lopez. I mean, who doesn't, right? So Safe by the Bell, The Cosby yeah. Show, um, movies with 16 Candles, anything that was, um, you know, the hope and the romance and all that. Pretty in Pink I, was one of those. <laughs> you know, I just, I kid you, I'm not, I'm not making this up. Um, yesterday, I, no, I'm sorry, Sunday, I saw 16 Candles. I mean, it oh, just, yeah, just, you know, I was like, hey, there's 16 Candles, let me watch that. Yeah. Um, what about, I mean, I had my, my phrase, but is there something that is, you know, definitely a, a Laredo type phrase or a word that, that you use as a, while you were still young, you know, you're a kid that you still use today? I think, and I'm going to be guilty because I have a lot of relatives that live in California. And every time I go visit them, I used to spend my summers over there in San Diego. Um, and I would always say the word super like super big. <laughs> this is uh, super boring. And my cousins would be like, gosh, Sarah, you're such a Texan. Like a lot of people from Texas use that slang, like super in front of words, like to describe everything. And to me, it was normal, but to them, it was extremely annoying. And they didn't understand why, uh, you know, we would put the word super in front of words to describe something. And I just, I don't do it on purpose. It's just, I don't know where I ended up learning that, but yeah, I use the word super a lot. That's it. You know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because mm -hmm. I wish I had known the last time we met was, I, I think we were in a speech class together at, at Laredo Community College. I'm not going to call it Laredo College. Sorry. I lived in San Diego for about a year. And so when I came out, I'd be like, oh my God, dude, so gnarly. I Had I known you were going to San Diego for the summer, that would love just to exchange stories there. It's yeah. such a, it's beautiful. For those who haven't been to San Diego, you need to go. San Diego Zoo is epic. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. I love San Diego. I miss it, so. Oh, it's beautiful. I was, when was the last time I was there? It was 2002, no, yeah, 2003. 2003. It's still beautiful. Yeah, it's been a while for me too. I haven't traveled a lot. Uh, well, not for fun, more, mostly mm -hmm. for work. <laughs> yeah, no, I, hey, I, I left the Navy. I, I was like, have you been to these countries? Yes. How come? Oh, because I was in the military. Oh, never mind. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, it's different. It's not as fun as people might think. Yeah. Um, do you have anything from high school that you hold dear to you, like a yearbook, a, a varsity jacket, spirit ribbons. I didn't even know what those were until somebody mentioned them uh, the last, last survey. I actually do. So I come from uh, a family that has like scrapbooks. My mom was a big scrapbook queen. 
So she has everything of mine. Um, and I still have my yearbook. I have my cheerleading uniform. I actually just wore it a um, couple of months ago for, <laughs> for an event. So yeah, it's thankfully it still fits and uh, a little tight, but it fits. Uh, so yeah, I, I nothing of mine fits anymore. I, for those, I, I mean, I was a skinny guy. I'm still not a big guy. I am easily 60 pounds heavier <laughs> since high school. So that's amazing. And you can say I fit in my cheerleading outfit still. I didn't at one point, but, uh, and we'll talk about it later, but yeah, um, I still have everything and I have my jackets and yeah, my daughter just saw them recently and she was trying them on and it was very, uh, yeah, it was one of those aha moments, like, wow. <laughs> wow, yeah, I bet. <laughs> Is there, and you mentioned a couple of friends, like Lulu and Patty, uh, but is there somebody that you're interested in finding out about? And you already heard about me, so you can't, you can't use my name. You, Max, you. I hadn't seen you in forever. When I found out you were going to be interviewing me, I was like, awesome. I get to find out what he's been up to. Like, I always wondered, I was curious. Um, what happened to you? Because I think really the last time I saw you was really in high school. Cause I didn't see you at the, I only went to that one reunion we had and I didn't see you there. Um, I was deployed more than likely. So <laughs> yeah. And thank you for your service, by the way, working in public service. That's always been one of the things that I like to highlight is obviously, uh, people that have served our country. So thank you. And, I appreciate um, that. Yeah, and for the most part, I mean, I still talk to a lot of people here that have gone to high school with me. Um, our county judge <laughs> graduated with us, so I talked to Thano a lot. Oh, that's cool. uh, yeah, so yeah, you know, um, but mostly people that I haven't seen in forever, which is like you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I, I've seen you speak, to, at least on, on social media, Joey Baeza, he's like, public affairs for the police department. He is. So that's why I say I see a lot of people from high school that you know, either through the job or what I do is I end up talking to them at one point or another. So, uh, but I know a lot of people left. And uh, when I see them in a blue moon, I always like to talk to them and see what they've been up to. So well, you tell Joey, I said, hi, Joey was my neighbor. We grew up together. Yeah. We're in the same neighborhood. Yeah, I definitely will. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so, okay. So we've spoken a lot about high school. What about after high school? You know, what happened the night after graduation? You get a job, you get married, uh, join the military, go straight to college, you know, join a cult. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I did go to college. Uh, obviously, my parents had a plan for me when I graduated, um, but I was very focused on this radio career. By that time, when I graduated high school, I was already four years in into radio, and my radio career was taking off. But my parents said you need to graduate college I'm not, or we're gonna let you not go to work anymore at the radio station. And by that time I already had my FCC license and uh, I had a name for myself uh, that they had chosen and they were doing all these promos for me. So I ended up enrolling for my first year at Laredo College, which is where we ended up getting our basics, right? So we called mm -hmm. our basics. And then I ended up going to San Antonio to try to find a communication arts degree. I really didn't like the university at, what is it called? The University of Texas, San Antonio. I didn't okay. like it. Yeah, so I was there for a little bit, but I was really looking for that university that felt like home, but 
I needed to find my passion. Like I needed to know that this is what I wanted to do. So I discovered um, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. So the Island University, that's what they call it. Um, I didn't and know I, yeah, I loved it. I lived in the, near the water or in the water. That's what it seemed like. <laughs> and I lived on campus and yeah, I was there for four years. I mean, three and a half years. And uh, it was just the most beautiful experience. I loved, I loved being um, in Corpus. I ended up, again, I felt like I was back in high school. I joined every club that they had. Uh, Lambda Paeta, Speech Communication Club. I was their ambassador. I joined the theater arts. I ended up joining theater arts and I ended up in radio there and ended up kind of venturing into some films. Uh, Corpus Christi was one of those little towns that at the time uh, they were filming films, you know, one of the opportunities that I got through my professor and through my classes, they're like, hey, Selena's going to film um, in, uh, in Corpus. And if you guys want college credit, you all need to go audition. So I was like, I didn't know who this Jennifer Lopez lady was at the time. <laughs> and there we go. The whole class goes in auditions and I get a call back. And I was like so excited because it was me and my friend, one of my college friends. And we both got callbacks. And so that was my first experience working in the film industry. I ended up uh, getting one of the scenes. And I keep looking in the movie and I can't find myself, but I know I was there. I know I spent, you know, 12 hours getting makeup and this horrible dress that they put me on, but it was like the worst polyester dress that I could wear. Um, but yeah, I got casted and I was there in the movie Selena. And then um, there was an audition for Chorus Line. I don't know if you know the play Chorus Line at the Harbor Playhouse in Corpus. So I ended up doing that um, and got my my feet wet, as they call it, in the theatrical world. So I ended up doing Chorus Line and then um, did a couple of commercials locally. And, and you know, college life was just, was just beautiful. It was great. I, I got to experience a lot while I was there. That is so cool. And you'll have to tell me what, you know, scene <laughs> you're supposed to be in, because now I'm going to go look for it. Yeah, um, so the scene that they put me on was when she was accepting the Grammy. Yeah, it was the Grammy, um, and uh, I was like in the fifth or sixth row. I was wearing, I, in the, you know, back then. Thank God there was no, <laughs> there was no phones or photography or whatever. But I mean, obviously they did take your picture and all that. And I do have it in my scrapbook some of the pictures that they took while we were waiting. But the worst part about it was we were already ten hours in, and she kept messing up her line to go up to accept the Grammy, right? So the lights were right on my eye. I ended up getting the worst pink eye out of it. Like my eye was swollen shut the next day. But wow. they said that that's how some of the things that, you know, that people deal with when, you know, when you're there. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, I was, I was in the Grammy scene. That was the one that I was casted okay. on. Well, I'm going to go look for that now, for sure. For sure. I'm going to be like, I know her. And they're like, right there. Well, that's cool. So did that take you into your 20s or when did you, when were you done with school? Yeah. So I was done in school um, in my, yeah, 20, 21. I think that's where I ended up graduating. And then uh, my mom put me in pageants. 
Mm -hmm. Okay, and don't don't judge. No, <laughs> judge. no, no honey boo boo <laughs> moment here. No, I'm not judging. Yeah, no. So my mom's like, um, I used to come back to Laredo a lot because I still had my radio gig here. Um, they were very flexible with me. They're like, you can be in radio in Corpus and you can be in radio in Laredo. So I would come to Laredo and I got the opportunity to compete for Miss Laredo USA uh, in 1998. And I was like, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm a little old for it already. And a lot of my friends were already getting married and I was seeing them already have kids. And here I was in my mid twenties thinking about still my life plan <laughs> and competing for Miss Laredo. And I was already a school teacher back then. Wow. I had already accepted. I had a great graduated from college. I had already accepted a job as a school teacher, um, as a speech teacher and, uh, and debate teacher. And then I was like, what am I doing competing for Miss Laredo? But yeah, I just, it was one of my things I wanted to do, wanted to experience it. And I ended up winning the title. I ended up getting that. <laughs> I think, I uh, no, I think I do remember that. Cause I was still, I was a funky, I'm sorry, I'll just say it. Um, <laughs> I think I, I graduated when I was like 24. So I, I was there. I would have been there. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, not at the event, but I, you know, you hear what's going on. So I, I, I think I do remember that. That is so cool. So what about going into your thirties? What were you doing then? So, yeah. So once I did my, my reign as Miss Laredo, uh, you know, back then it was different. Uh, we were Latinas um, competing in a, you know, in a Texas stage. And I remember meeting this one girl and I freaked out at this because I didn't think she was going to end up being that famous, but she, she became really famous. So I met Miss Corpus Christi at the time that I was Miss Laredo. Ironically, I always say that God makes you meet people and put people in your path for reasons, right? Mm -hmm. I'm always a believer in that. So in 1998, I became Miss Laredo. I met this girl. Her name was Eva Longoria. And she, no was, she was Miss Corpus Christi, 1998. And I could tell you, she probably doesn't ever remember this conversation. And I remember us uh, getting ready to go to the Texas stage and uh, meeting her. And I was like, oh, she's kind of short like I am. And then uh, we were both Latinas, you know, I'm like, why are we even doing this we're not even gonna we're not even gonna make we're so short like all these girls were these beautiful blondes you uh -huh. know 511 and there I was like a five barely one I'm gonna say I'm five one but I'm not um so yeah um it was one of those things that I was already a school teacher she wasn't she was really looking for fame and I had a small conversation with her and she's like, whatever I'm going to get out of this is I'm going to get some contacts because I want to be famous. I remember her saying that. Mm -hmm. So she's like, what do you do? And I was like, well, I'm just going to finish this because I need to go back. I need to continue teaching. I'm a school teacher. And she's like, oh, that sounds boring. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, I came back to Laredo after my little Texas thing and one day I'm watching TV and there was Eva Longoria in one of the soap operas. And I was like, oh my yeah. God, I'm Because there was a lot, and she was right. I mean, the whole point of being there is you were supposed to get contacts to. Mm -hmm. to well, you know, there. but it's, 
And it's also, you have to take your, your chance. I, I didn't get to say this, but I, I met President George W. Bush. And there's a clear strict rules that you cannot shake hands with him. You cannot speak to him. Well, he was shaking everyone's hand. So I just whispered, said, I met you once before. Just that one little thing turned into a five minute conversation. Cause now he's like, well, where we meet? And he's like, oh, sir, you're a governor of Texas at the time. He goes, you from Texas? I'm like, yes, sir. And he's like, and I said, my friend is from Texas. And this other guy's like, I'm from Texas too. He's like, well, no wonder Navy's doing so good. It's filled with Texans. And so, but just that little thing, that, that little is awesome. contact. So, yeah. you, but you have Eva Longoria, who arguably <laughs> more beloved than former president George W. Bush. But you, if, you know, you have that potential, you meet her again and you go oh up and you're God. like, we met, we know we met before. Really? Where? Well, we were, you know, you're Miss Corpus Christi, I was Miss Laredo. And next thing you know, you're on a show with her. I'm just saying. Oh, jeez. Gosh, Max, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I start thinking when you're in your 30s and your 40s, you start feeling old and in and, and reality it isn't. But how, you know, what has that been like for you, say 30s and 40s? Yeah, so it's really interesting. So my 30s was really about kind of um, trying to change careers. I was happy as a school teacher, but it wasn't my end all, if it makes sense. So I submitted my application to join the federal government. I wanted to be in public service. I wanted to serve. Um, I never had the, and that's why I say I always thank veterans because I never had that. I always wanted to be in the military, but I never did. And so, uh -huh. but I knew I wanted to serve in one way or another. And I think public service was the next best thing, right? So I wanted to deal with the public and I put in my application, but back then, um, if you remember correctly, September 11 happened, right? Oh, yeah. And that changed the course of everything, right? How we saw things, how we viewed things and how things were gonna happen in government. So they told me that everything was put on hold. So I didn't know what to do. I was like, I had already quit being a teacher. You know, I had submitted my resignation because I for sure thought I was going to get this government job. And so I ended up working for the WBCA. There was an opening for a publicity coordinator. And I was helping them out while I was waiting after 9-11 happened, you know. And finally, in 2002, I got my letter that said I would be sworn in as the next CVP public affairs officer. And I was so excited. So that was my thirties, right? And I completely, I can tell you, Max, I completely love what I do. I'm going on um, this February next month, we'll start my 20th year here. And I completely love it. I, I just love what I do and love serving the American public with everything going on in, you know, in the federal government. But um, with that was, I need to settle down too, because I knew all my friends, you know, were, their kids were already going to be like, you know, it's that, it's that thing that, oh my gosh, you know, they're getting married and they're, and here I was just focused on career, career, career. Um, so I did end up getting married, um, in my thirties and, um, I did end up having, I put career first and then I had my first child, 
um, in 2010 was, or 2000, I, gosh, one of them's 14 and the twins are already going to be 11. So do the math because you know, I'm terrible at the math. <laughs> All good. <laughs> So really, it's just been um, trying to balance everything now. So, you know, and that's public affairs officers have a very difficult job. And it's not just, hey, there was an incident and you said are going to go and talk about it because, you know, they give you or you come up with what you have to say. And you're like, this is the incident. This is what happened. Thank you very much. It's also if it were like hypothetically, if you're working for the mayor and the mayor is like, hey, I need to write a speech. Hey. Yeah. Your PAO, go write that speech for me. <laughs> and there you are, you know, writing a 10 minute speech for that person. It's a very busy job. It is to say the least. And um, yeah, you really have to know what you're doing um, because there's so much involved in one incident. And on a daily basis, we do have over, I would say 15 cases at a time. So it's, it's nonstop, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, please, people, please behave yourselves. Come on. <laughs> yeah. If we had to ask your 18-year-old self what you would be doing 30 years later, what do you think you would have said? I would have said I want to be on MTV as a video DJ. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, though. I wish I was Carson Daly. I wish I was the female version of Carson Daly. I would be so happy. You know, I just, that was my, my, my main thing that I wanted to do. Yeah. That's cool. Actually, now <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind being Carson Daly. <laughs> some Carson Daly money coming in would be pretty nice. Right. Uh, going back to high school, what do you think are your top three memories? I'm sorry, your top three memories after high school? After high school, um, college life was the best. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Um, then um, being a mother is the most beautiful gift. Um, I don't know if you have any kids, Max, but uh, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. You have those? Okay. And public service. I love helping people. That's my main thing. I love working with reporters, especially the new reporters that are just starting out and want to make a name for themselves. I've always tried to push them to get that one story that's going to turn them into a bigger market and make a name for themselves. So yeah, I'm always looking for that novice reporter to help them out, so. Here, there's yeah. a story, go follow it. Here, go, go. go. <laughs> yeah. So we already know the answer that's, I mean, you didn't stay in touch with me, but is there anyone else that you did stay in touch with from high school? Oh yeah, all the time. Like I told you, I, I stay in touch with a lot of people that I work with now um, due to public service. and. Uh, Missy was one of them, Jessica Palacios, uh, Donald Tijerina, Becky uh, Martinez is one of them. Um, yeah, Terry, I see her all the time. Um, I try to stay in contact with Patsy, with Annie when I can, but they don't live here anymore. But yeah, for the most part, I try to look for people that that I went to high school with and are working in some way or another. Um, Gilbert uh, from, from uh, I think he's a professor. Yeah, he's a professor at uh, TAMU. Gilbert mm -hmm. Martinez. I keep in contact okay. with him all the time on social media as well. Yeah. That's cool. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, we already mentioned that you lived in Corpus Christi. You used to spend summers in San Diego. Is there anywhere else that you lived yeah. outside of Laredo? 
Um, besides San Antonio, Corpus, um, I, I got to live in El Paso for a while for work. I was uh, helping out one of our sectors there. So El Paso was, is a very beautiful uh, big band area. Um, I loved it. Uh, New Mexico. Washington, D.C. was a place that I got to live and work for a while when I first got employed here. And I can honestly say that you either love or hate D.C. I don't know if you ever lived there, but it's... No, uh, but I've been there. It's not... Yeah, that's... Yeah, no, no bueno. You got to know where to live and you got to know how to get around because if you don't, then you're going to hate it. Uh, But I seriously loved it. I love taking the metro uh, because we don't, you know, Laredo, people frown upon, and I always tell this to everybody that lives here, um, they frown upon you taking public transportation. Like if you take the metro, it's like, what, you don't have a car? You mean... (laughs) Like if it was me and and public transportation was cool in this city, I would never have a car. I love public transportation. Anywhere, any city that I go to, I'm always looking for a way to use their public transit, you know? But here in Laredo, it's one of the things I would love to change is I wanna make public transportation cool because I would love to take the Metro everywhere. (laughs) The bus. (laughs) <laughs> the bus, but the bus, because in DC they call it metro, but it's the subway. So it, right, it is. It's a subway, and you know, I was just going to say there is something, and you you kind of hit the nail on the head about Laredo's perception of what you know how you should be moving around, or you know what what clothes you should wear. So, I, so my uncle lives in San Antonio. He does not own a car, and. For those who have never been on the subway or, as they say in D.C., a metro, D.C.'s metro is pretty amazing. Yeah. There's, I remember there like coffee shops and stuff down, you know, down there you know, underground. It was really nice. I loved it. Um, yeah, but it in total, how would you say, you know, the journey, you know, from high school to today, what that's been like and what you've learned about yourself? You know, what type of introspection have you done? You know, one of the things that I learned about myself, like through this whole journey is you got to really focus on your mental health because that can take a toll on you. There's so many things that you see, um, like when I joined public service, Mm -hmm. I never experienced Laredo the way I experience Laredo now. And I don't expect for anyone to understand that, but I see it every day with cases that happen, with incidents that happen, with some of the arrests and apprehensions that we do. We try to keep, I mean, that's our job to keep that from the community, right? And to just mask it because uh, we do tell you what's happening, but in reality, you and yourself only know exactly what's going on in your own community. And you really have to focus on your mental health. And one of the things that I, that I took on as a journey was working out. The only way, and this is just me, I'm not gonna speak for everyone, but you might agree to this, Max. So you say you love to run, right? And so so for me, working out is a way to release that stress, that added buildup that um, the day brings, you know, whether it's your kids having a bad day at school or at work, you end up seeing something that you did not like, you really can't talk to anybody. So one of my 
one of my go-to things is uh, I started doing Spartan races. I just love them. And it was a way to challenge myself, um, challenge my mental being. And I used to travel all over just to compete in Spartan races. Obviously, we can't do that now because of COVID measures, uh-huh. but uh, or taking a long road trip or vintage shopping, you know, those are some of the interests, some of the things that I discovered about myself is just going, even if you just window shop and you're just walking around and seeing things, it kind of takes away from that uh, added buildup that builds up during the day, whatever your, your day is, you know. So. You, know you know, it's true. I I don't run anymore, but for three years I did CrossFit and some, those were some of the happiest years of my life. It's so much fun. CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do it now, but yeah, CrossFit is cool. Yeah. Hey, I had a Navy SEAL tell me that I, that I did the most perfect strict pull-up he had ever seen. It's about the only thing I can do (laughs) that enhanced stand pushups, but. And that's uh, hard. That's hard. Yeah. yeah, The handstand pushups just practice, right. You know, and getting, yeah, it's on your shoulder. So the guy's a little bit easier, but, uh, yeah. the, the pull-ups, my God, these guys who would get up there and they'd do those pull-ups from just these big circles. And now I'm, I'm kind of making these gestures that nobody's been able to see those. That <laughs> is so cool. I, I never got that down, but yeah, it is really that. good for your health. It, it's good yeah, for your mental health. It's good for your cardiac health. It's good for your spiritual health. It's just amazing. I, I need to get back into working out again. I don't know. So <laughs> we've spoken a lot about your job and a little bit about your hobbies and you work out. Uh, and I guess that's an interest too. Um, but, you know, tell us more about that and tell us about your family. And we know you have, you have a daughter and you have twins, you know, what are they like? Are, um, are they anything like you? Do they do anything that makes you worried? <laughs> so, yeah, I have a 14 year old boy. Um, he has, uh, he's very quiet. Um, very different for me. Um, and I have 11 year old twins. And when I discovered that I was going to have twins, I prayed to God, I said, please let there be a girl in there. Like, I don't care. I always wanted a little girl. (laughs) So God heard me and he gave me a boy and then a girl. So I was like, yeah, I don't care, but there's a girl in there. So yeah, she, Oh my goodness. She, my mom used to say, Oh, just wait, just wait. She's going to be just like you. And I never really understood that until now she's 11 and she is exactly like me. It's so funny. She enrolls herself in every club. She comes home with a new, a new slip. And she says, mom, can you sign this? Cause I just joined the national honor society. I was like, Oh, okay. Interesting. I was never in the honor society, but that's please, great. Please. <laughs> and then she just said, Oh, I want to be in every athletic program. Mom. So she joined, you know, volleyball, basketball, track. Um, she is now a cheerleader too. And she's just, uh, I just love, like, she is amazing. She's an amazing human being, obviously. And my other, my, my boy twin, he is the other half of me. He's the introvert. He loves to stay home, loves to watch sports, doesn't ever want to leave the house. So he's a little bit of me, you know, but the little girl, she's just amazing. Yeah. Well, I've seen the videos with you and your little girl. So dancing. <laughs> oh yeah. So she shows me the TikTok dances. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. I didn't know what that's, where that came from. I was like, Hey, they're doing a dance. Yeah. Um, who has made the biggest impact on your life? 
It has to be my parents. Uh, my parents have been business owners in Laredo since, oh, I can remember. And they have a small business, uh, import-export business, and they still going strong after like, I want to say 60 years now. So um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, they've been my rock. Um, obviously, I'm not married. So I am a single mom. And I'm raising these kids alone. And um, their dad is in the picture, but not as much as I wish he would be he comes around when he can. And uh, my parents um, have come around, obviously, raising twins, it was extremely hard. Um, anyone that is a is a mother of twins um, or a father of twins knows how how difficult it is because you have two babies you need to raise, you know. So they've been my rock. They have helped me in more ways than one, and I don't know what I do without them. So I thank the Lord every day that they're healthy enough to continue to help me. Still, my dad's already eighty three. My mom is in her seventies, so. Yeah, it's uh, very thankful for them. They're very strong for their age, you know. Mm -hmm. No, I understand that completely. And, and have they been there to help you do, you know, obviously you went through a divorce. That's, that's a diff, you know, a, a big difficulty you have to go through in life. Um, <laughs> what else? And any other hardships that you've had to endure? And who was there to help you? You know what, I've always thanked the Lord above that I've never really dealt with anything really difficult except my personal like love life. I've never, that was one of the things that I never ex exceeded, like, like succeeded, sorry. I never really was successful in that. I, uh, for whatever reason, um, but one of the things that happened to me was everybody talks about this beautiful pregnancy and oh my God, it's the best thing. I can honestly tell you, I've had the worst pregnancies. I was pregnant twice and they both were horrible. Uh, I delivered the twins early. So they were premature. They were preemies and scariest time of my adult life. I never really understood how, um, how people would say it's so beautiful. I love it. Um, both pregnancies, um, my first child, my boy, um, I, I hemorrhaged early and thankfully he survived the, the pregnancy and the procedure and all that that I had to do. I had a tumor growing, um, but everything went fine. I continued and he was delivered. And then my second was the twins and scariest time of my life. Yeah, same thing. Wow. So yeah, those were the two difficult things that I went through. How, do you, how did you overcome that? I mean, obviously you have your support system with your parents but there's a lot to be said about, I mean, they can only hold your hand, really. You yeah. have to be the one to, to go to that. How did you do that? I really just have a strong faith um, in my own right. I, I, I'm not one to uh, be at church all the time and be there every Sunday, but I have a way of just talking to God above and just saying, you know, is this what it's going to be? Or is there something else that's going to happen? So I talk a lot and I talk a lot to him and I just have that one big faith that things are going to be okay. And I just, I don't know. I just ended up being, um, try to be a strong person for them now. So. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, you mentioned your faith and, and obviously God is there to help you get through those difficult times, but with that, a lot of the times you get through that hard part and 
there is that pot of gold at the end. You know, there's that rainbow. You get to the end of the rainbow. What were the things, the beautiful things that came in your life? I think just knowing that I'm pretty much done. I'm halfway through my life. Um, that's how I see it. And I have succeeded in most of my life goals. I, I have a lot more that I've written down that I want to do um, on my personal and professional life. But um, I just document a lot. I think I got that from my mother and I write a lot. I journal a lot and I hope to one day is maybe put it in some type of writing somewhere. Um, but yeah, I do. I think writing helps me a lot. Yeah. And it is very therapeutic. <laughs> it is, right? It is. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so what are your plans for the next 10 years, next 20 years? I'm hoping um, I'm going to be 20 years in public service in February. So I'm hoping to retire from public service soon and give the next generation an opportunity to do what I do. And I really do want to be either a college professor. That's one of the things that I wrote down. I want to teach this craft and teach it to the new generation. Or I really want to be a television host. I'm hoping to knock off Eva Longoria of her high horse and take her job. No, no just kidding. <laughs> I hope she never hears it. <laughs> I just really devote my time to my children and travel. But really, my, my end goal is to, they say you're never too old to do something. So I'm hopefully... I have a lot of contacts now. I'm hoping to get into the television industry and be a TV host somewhere. I, I can't do it now because obviously government has a lot of restrictions on what you can do. So yeah, I want to, I want to go back to that. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Well, yeah. And you know, now is probably the time to start getting into that, especially when you look at diversity in this country and the, the, the Latinx community, right? being the mm -hmm. largest minority group in the country and growing. And yet we are grotesquely uh, underrepresented in television shows and, and other you know, ho aspects of Hollywood. Now, how is that? How is that happening? I don't know. We don't have a big enough voice. We need to start yapping more. So Clea, you need to get out there. Go right. call the other you want to knock her off. <laughs> <I'm sad. laughs> what is one thing about you that no one would ever guess? Um, you know, I think, I don't think anyone knew this. And I was thinking about this the other day. I, I was talking to my mom during the holidays. I don't think anybody knew I was of Arab descent. My mom is Lebanese. And, um, so I grew up in this multicultural, uh, upbringing. Um, my mom had a lot of different views and values that she brought very unique. The food was very unique. I love Lebanese food. Um, cause I grew up eating it and, um, I think a lot of people didn't know that they just, you made it. can you make the Lebanese sweet? If you can, I might, I might, <laughs> you might tempt me down to Laredo. I don't no, know. I will make you Kiva one day. And that, I, one of the things that I, I, one of the dishes that I love to make is Kiva. That's one of the things that my mom taught me and it's delicious. So I, I like, um, so I, I've been to, to, uh, Saudi Arabia, whatever, um, well, I don't know if it was, but I've been to the Middle East, but I like koshery, which is Egyptian. Oh my God. If you have not, you know, I'm saying this out loud to everyone. If you have not had Kemet and you can, I think Bob's Mill sells this. You need to get it. That stuff is amazing. I need to get some of that. Yeah. You, you know that? 
that was one of the things with with military that's i i'm jealous <laughs> and you ate that every day yeah, no i ate that here over there i ate kebabs and um, yeah. shawarmas i think are big and had all that oh, stuff where, where did you eat it here where oh here i haven't oh, i bought i bought i bought the camet i bought it okay um, but the uh, the kebabs and the shawarmas, that was in Dubai. So if you haven't been to the Mall of Dubai. I have not. You don't have, and I, I'm not trying to be in any way disrespectful, but you do not have to be veiled as a woman in Dubai, at the Mall of Dubai anyway. Oh, really? I, I didn't know. Well, I saw a lot of women there. Now, mind you, they were escorted by their father, but they were not veiled. Neither was the wife. So... Maybe it's because they have money. I don't know. Different rules. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Do you do any old people things uh, already? Like, are you going to bed early? Do you complain about music being too loud? Which I can't imagine that, right? Being you. Um, <laughs> or is there anything else uh, that, you know, you that you would consider old people thing? So that's hilarious because when I get lost, I turn down the music. I don't know why I do that. And I think that's an old thing, right? <laughs> old person. I do it. I do it. Yeah. I'm like, wait, I'm lost. I need to lower the, the music. But um, I am in bed by 9 p.m. I'm not going to lie. I'm super boring. Um, you invite me out. I really have to stretch my my <laughs> my sleeping pattern because I'm in bed by nine o'clock and I wake up extremely early. I feel like a yeah, I usually I'm up at like five or six and I cannot for the life of me sleep late. And I feel like, and I only started doing that in my forties. I was like, what the hell's going on? But yeah. So that's an so, old do. We must've been separated at birth. So <laughs> I, I've been, I get confused for being Arab by the way, but really? so you've been to San Diego. I, I live there. Uh, we've, we've had so many different things in common and and now I have to tell you that I go to bed at nine and I wake up at 5.40 and I am out the door at 5.50 and I get yeah. to work at 6.15 because I want to get home early. So I, you know, separated at birth. I don't know. You say maybe we were twins. <laughs> right. So what would you tell your younger self back in August of 1991 as you started your senior year? I would say, say yes to every opportunity. Um, I think my life would have been completely different on my life path if I would have said yes to everything that was, you know, asked at the time, you know, like when I was in the Texas stage and somebody said like, hey, I'm, you know, ex-producer from California, you want to come and audition for a movie and, you know, a soap opera. And I, oh, I'm a school teacher. I can't, like, I need to go back to Laredo. Like, if I would have said yes, would I, would I have, would my life would have been so different? Because, I mean, look uh -huh. at Eva, right? <laughs> she auditioned and got it. So I don't know. I mean, you can never say that. But yeah, just say yes for every opportunity. Um, not turn down things that, that I did back then. Uh -huh. So what about as a high school graduate? Does that change? There is still the same advice or? Yeah, as a high, you know, high school graduate, I would tell them the same thing. Just, um, just follow your life plan. Um, if for some reason it goes a different way and it's a different path, but somebody 
proposes something to you and a job an opportunity, take it, you know, don't be scared. You know, a lot of it for me was, oh, but no, I have this commitment back home and no, I have to, you know, and so you close yourself to those, to those opportunities. So that's what I would tell somebody that is graduating is um, go for it, do it. Don't say no. You never know what could happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, now I'm curious, uh, is there anything about the 90s that you miss or is there something that you miss the most from the 90s? I miss the music. I love 90s music. I, I miss it so much. Uh, I miss the artists that used to be, you know, popular back then. But I miss the, this is going to sound weird, but I miss the no cell phone the no smart gadgets, the simple times. I really do miss that. Um, as a late, I call myself a late mother because um, my kids are still young, but I'm not young, right? And I see these gadgets that they are so into, the, the VR headset, the virtual reality, the mom, I need the latest iPad. Like, I honestly wish that they had what we had back then where it was no cell phone. Mm -hmm. You know, the way we documented our life path was through a Polaroid camera, you know, or a yeah. instant camera, you know, we go develop the film or record our music through a mixtape, you know, so they don't have those opportunities. And I don't know, I see it as a little bit sad, like, yeah. Yeah. They're always on their cell phones. Hey, what are you doing on your phone? I'm doing my term paper, mom, leave me alone. Yeah. Like, whatever. <laughs> it's on Wikipedia. Really? Um, <laughs> so what don't you miss about the nineties? Um, I do not miss the pager. I think the pager was, do you remember the pagers? Oh yeah. I yeah. think they were the worst invention ever. I used to have one at the radio station and I hated it because it meant that you had to instantly call that number back and you didn't know who it was. So you never knew like what was happening or who was calling you or who needed you. But yeah, I hated the paper. <laughs> no, it's so funny because I dated somebody when I was in college and she, she didn't have a lot of money and she, she had a pager and I had a cell phone, but I didn't have a pager. So I would call her pager from my cell phone and then she would go out, find a pay phone to call my cell phone. A conundrum, <laughs> like no other. That's so strange. Oh my god! So, uh, did you ever, or have you visited the new Nixon campus? I have, uh, obviously through work. Uh, we have a program called the Youth of the Month, and I go, I try to go every other month whenever we we have these celebrations. And I can honestly tell you, I do not like it. I don't like it at all. I miss the old lockers. I miss the vintage look. I miss the walking down the hallway and you would see the wall. And yeah, I mean, I wish they would have allowed us to treasure something of it that would remind you back of your high school years, you know? I, I don't like it. It's too, it's too new. And I was kind of yeah. mad that they, they forced people out of their, their homes to say, yeah, fair value for your house. Here's five bucks to get lost. You know, that's that was kind true. of, yeah, that was messed up. Um, yeah. So coming from you, cause you're, you're a public affairs officer. Um, what advice do you have for the class of 2022? 
Um, yeah, it's interesting. I would tell them to reach for their highest goals, uh, whatever career they select or whatever they want to be, um, to find a career that they love, because if they do that, they'll never have to work a day in their life, if that makes sense. It does. I know. And I work every day of my life. So I know it is important to find what you love. It is. And I honestly, I sometimes come in through these gates and a lot of people are like, oh, do I have to come in here? And for me, it's like, I want to get on those gates because I really love what I do. And so I'm just thankful that I like what I do. And so that's what my advice to them. That's good. Okay. So uh, we're on to the segment, old school. Who do you want to give a shout out to? I know somebody you should give a shout out to, and he's anxious to hear this interview, uh, but I'm not going to say his name. Oh my God, tell me. Tell it's, me. It's Roger, Roger Rodriguez. Oh my. Yes, Roger. Oh my goodness, Roger. Roger is so special to me because he was another person that I would see him and I'd be like, what goes on into his head? Like, it always seemed like he was preoccupied with something. And I'd always like just stare at him and I'd be like, Roger, what are you thinking today? Like, what's on your mind? And so I honestly loved writing from reading Roger's book. His way of expression of how he how he wrote that book is to me, I'm so proud of him. I actually just saw Raymond too. Raymond was his good friend. And I just saw him at the grocery store a couple of weeks ago and we were talking and uh, yeah, definitely. I would love to say hi to Roger. I, I've been meaning to, to talk to him in person about his book. Um, I didn't get to go to the last one, um, obviously um, due to COVID, but not because I had COVID, but because we're on strict rules here. You can't really go to public places right now. But yeah, I would love to talk to Roger. I really wish that I could go back and talk to our principal, Miss Moore, also. I thought she was such a unique lady. And I never got the opportunity to talk to her one-on-one. -on -one. And so, yeah, she was a person that I would definitely would love to talk to. And just people that have made an impact from my spur sponsor, may she rest in peace, uh, Ms. Farmer, I loved her to death. I love uh, Ms. Ramirez, I see her from time to time. Uh, Coach Garcia, which was Annie's dad, I love him. He taught me everything about basketball. Um, yeah, so, and, and my friends that I haven't seen since high school, I would love for all of us to get together and just, have a conversation yeah. for, definitely okay so we got to keep moving making a mixtape you got to curate a playlist five to ten songs for the class of 92 i not, i did not hold myself i think to strictly 90 so i would go mad just you know what's your list yeah so it's funny because i used to do this for my friends do a lot of mixtapes but I would start with upbeat music, like back then, Rhythm as a Dancer, a little snap, a little Rights at Fred, I'm Too Sexy, go into Sir Mix-a-Lot with Baby Got Back, then go to House of Pain with Jump Around. Yeah, I remember that. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, then yeah. turn it over to Radiohead Creep. I love Radiohead. Remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lucas Rossi's rendition too is phenomenal. Yeah. And Ugly Kid Joe. I loved Everything About You. Then maybe slow it down with some Eric Clapton, Tears in Heaven. Um, and end it with some Whitney Houston and Erasure. That would be my nice. mixtape. Really cool. Really cool. <laughs> so, Lightning round. What was the last TV show you binged? I binged on Netflix called a show called You. Yeah. You. Did okay. You yeah, I uh, saw it. But the only reason I saw it is my sister said, like certain angles that Max, he's your spitting image. I don't know. I don't see it. Well, one time I did, but it was like pure luck. Anyway. No, I see it. I see it. Oh, wow. <laughs> So I look like the creepy guy who's stalking one. Okay. Uh, favorite movie from the nineties? Fried green tomatoes. Love that movie. Oh yeah, Fanny Flag. Um, bad from the nineties. You still think is cool? All right, you're not gonna believe me, but I have over five hundred Beanie Babies in my garage. I used to collect them. I still have them. Guilty pleasure, but Beanie Babies uh, from the 90s. I have every, I think every collection out there. Um, I'm a huge collector, by the way. Um, do you remember the hyper-color t-shirts that you would wear them and they would turn different colors depending on yeah. your sweat? Uh-huh. Yeah, so I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and the teen boy bands. Who doesn't love a good teen boy band from? Oh, handsome for sure, right? No. Backstreet <laughs> <No. laughs> Boys. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So favorite <laughs> no, no, that's cool. Favorite beverage? Classic Diet Coke. Okay. Uh, signature dish that you cook or something you bake? So I told you the Lebanese dish, Kiba. Uh, I'll do that. Okay. Uh, do you prefer to fly or drive? When you're going road trips up. all the way road trips road all the trips way. okay yeah. yeah i wish no good for you <laughs> pineapple <laughs> on pizza yes or no hell no those people are weird <laughs> yes oh, we no. are <laughs> oh you like that you like yeah but it's gotta be fresh not from a can like oh, that's kind of gross is there a particular cd or lp that you still have from high school that you have played the most I still play them and it's Def Leppard and Erasure. Wow. Yes. Okay. Hands down. I love Def Leppard. Yeah. yeah, who doesn't, right? Well, I think that ends our interview. Missy's rating right. Yes. Yeah. I No, it was, it was great catching up with you, Max. Thank you for listening. In our next episode, Jessica asks Brian Novoa what he's been up to in these past 30 years. And remember, if you want to participate, just let us know.